Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's survival show. Helping you harness the power of choice to live life the way you want to live it on your own terms and strengthen your resolve. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 80 of today's survival show. I have the pleasure of bringing you this show when I'm not traveling for a change, I'm actually in my home office, so this is a, quite a treat for me. And to those of you who might be first-time listeners, this is a voice of reason in a world of chaos. I try to keep this rooted in common sense. You'll find out real quickly, I don't like to get into a lot of conspiracy theory thinking and paranoid type thinking. We just talk about everyday common sense ideas that can help us thrive today so we can survive tomorrow. That's the overriding theme. Today, in episode 80, I want to talk about house fires. And, you know, you also know that I try to keep this show pretty positive. I'm a positive guy. That was kind of my upbringing. And uh, as an early adult, uh, I learned a lot about positive thinking as well. And, And this is kind of a negative subject. Nobody wants to think about house fires. But you know, I'm in the security business. I'm, I'm, I'm particularly in the home security and home technology business. That, that's my full-time job. Uh, doing today's survival show is not my full-time job. And house fires is something that seems to get ignored a lot. A lot of people want to put in cameras and they want to put in burglar alarms and they want to put in, you know, special door locks and things like that. And too many people, I find, ignore house fires. So... I want to motivate you to do everything you can to prevent your to prevent your house from from starting on fire. And I'm going to talk today about some preventative measures, what to do if there is a fire, and about a 60 second plan on what you should be practicing as a family. I want to talk about your 60 second plan, and I'll tell you where I'm getting all this information from and everything. But before I get into that, I do want to make a couple of announcements, and that is the website is todayssurvival.com, and the, the forum website is todayssurvival.com slash forum. Hey, don't forget about the YouTube channel I set up. I put a few videos up there. I'll be uploading a couple more uh, vids here in the next week or two, but check out Today's Survival YouTube channel. I'll put a link in today's show notes for that, or you can just search Today's Survival on YouTube. And also, uh, the SAC contest. Don't forget about the spread the word. Tell people about the show. Tell people about the forum, the chat room, the YouTube channel, all the different products that we offer here. Thanks to all of you who are on the forum. I've got some good books and and another special prize I'll be giving away. So don't forget about the Activist Club contest. Go to the blog or go to the forum and, uh, and check that out so I won't burn up a whole lot of your time on this show telling you about that. Okay, so I keep that short and sweet. You'll notice I don't commercialize my show too much. All right, let's get into house fires. Every day, Americans, unfortunately, experience the horror of a house fire. And I've I've actually witnessed it. I've never had a fire in my home, but I've actually, several years ago, been to the home of somebody right after they've had a fire, and it's not a pretty sight. And, And most people don't understand fire. And once we understand the true nature of fire, then we can start to prepare our families and prepare ourselves. Let me give you a couple of statistics. Let me share some things with you that I've learned about fire. Each year, about 4,000 Americans die. And I don't have I have inter- international listeners to this show. Uh, I don't know what the statistics are in other countries, but I do know that in America, about 4,000 people a year die, and about 25,000 people a year are injured from fires. And unfortunately, a lot of the fires could be prevented. About a thousand lives are lost due to fires that originate in the bedroom. Did you notice that? And about a hundred firefighters 
except for September 11th. About 100 firefighters are killed in a line of duty each year. In the United States, fire kills more Americans than natural disasters combined. And, you know, in survival circles and on other podcasts and even in my own podcast, I'll admit, we spend a lot of time on natural disasters. And we talk about things like weather and hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and floods and things like that. And, of course, we all know about the floods that have been happening in the New England area, in Rhode Island and so forth. And that's unfortunate. But you know what? More Americans are killed by a disaster called fire than any other natural uh, of, the, of the natural disasters combined. So think about that. About 80% of these deaths occur in residences, homes, and it's estimated that over 39% of home fires occur in homes with no smoke alarms. Smoke alarms is a big hot button of mine. I'm a firm believer in them. And I want to talk to you about smoke alarms for a minute. A working smoke alarm dramatically increases your chance of survival. That may sound like common sense, but you'd be amazed how many people forget to put smoke alarms in their homes. The adequate number of them, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later in the show. I'll talk about the adequate number of smoke alarms. Sprinklers also have become very cost-effective to install in homes. Think about that. Very few homes have sprinklers. Now, during the winter months, I know we're coming out of winter. Today's April 1st, and we're, we, we're, we're, we're no longer in winter. But something to start think about, um, and put this on your list when we get a little bit closer to wintertime in, in October or so. Uh, the potential for fires increase in the winter for several reasons. Christmas trees, believe it or not, uh, are, are a, a big cause of fire. Uh, heating appliances like furnaces, space heaters, and fireplaces. Uh, all increase the chance of house fires. Okay, House fires in the United States that are started by candles are at a 20-year high. And children that play with fire set over 100,000 fires every year. Okay, Kids that play with fire start over 100,000 fires every year. And 30% of those fires actually kill the children who started them. Sorry to get negative with you folks, but you got to understand the statistics here. All right, that's over 800 kids a year uh, killed each year by the fires that they set playing with fire. So the old saying that's been around for hundreds of years, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. If you play with fire, you're going to get killed. A house fire is reported in the United States every 90 seconds. That's an average of 1.9 million fires reported each year. And someone dies in every house fire. Excuse me, someone dies in a house fire every two and a half hours. I'll say that again. Someone dies in a house fire every two and a half hours. We don't have somebody dying every two and a half hours in natural disasters, folks. Think about that. So let me talk a few, uh, give you a few more t- statistics here about house fires. Some things that, uh, that, that, that may make you think. Fire is, first of all, very fast. One thing I've learned about fighting fires is that it's quick. It's sometimes too fast and too overwhelming for people to defend themselves against. In less than 30 seconds, a small flame can get completely out of control and become a major fire. And it only takes a couple of minutes for thick black smoke to fill the house. 
All right. Unfortunately, most fires occur in the home when people are sleeping. Big, big reason for smoke detectors. I'm a big fan of monitored smoke detectors, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. If you wake up to a fire, you're not going to have too much time to grab your valuables. Okay, The fire spreads way too quickly for you to do that, and the smoke is too thick. There's only going to be enough time for you to escape the home. And, you know, there's an old saying for those of us in the home security business. A burglar only takes a few things. Fire takes it all. Okay? A burglar only takes a few things. Fire takes it all. And fire quickly takes it all. Remember, it's very, very fast. It's also hot. Okay? The heat from a fire is much more threatening than the flames. A fire's heat alone can kill. Okay? Room temperatures in a fire can be 100 degrees at the floor level and rise to 600 degrees at eye level. Okay? Inhaling that hot air will scorch your lungs. The heat can melt the clothes to your skin. In five minutes, a room can get so hot that everything in it all ignites all at once. All right, there's a term for this. It's called flashover, where everything just ignites all at once because the room is so doggone hot. Fire is also dark. Okay, fire is not bright. Fire is pitch black. Fire starts off bright, but it quickly produces black smoke in complete darkness. All right, so one thing you got to remember, if you wake up to a fire, you could be blinded, disoriented, and unable to find your way around the home. Even if you've lived in this home for years and years and years, it can make you disoriented and you don't even know how to get out of your house. Okay, This is why practicing fire drills is so, so important. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. Fire is also deadly. Sorry to get negative, folks. But i got to tell you about this because this is definitely a survival topic. Smoke and toxic gases kill more people than flames do. Fire uses up the oxygen that you need. The oxygen that you need to breathe and it produces smoke and it produces poisonous gases that kill. And breathing even small amounts of the toxic gas can make you drowsy and disoriented. Okay? The odorless and the colorless fumes can lull you to sleep. All right? And and, and that's the problem is you may not wake up in time to escape. Okay? So I wanted to give you a few of those uh, those statistics. Remember, let me recap briefly. Fire is fast. It's hot. It's dark. It's deadly. Now, what causes fire? It begs the question, all right? What, what causes all these? Okay, cooking. Believe it or not, cooking is one of the leadest, le- leading causes of home fires in the United States. It's also the leading cause of home fire injuries. And most cooking fires, folks, caused by human error. Not necessarily the mechanical failure of stoves and ovens, but it's human error in cooking. Uh, careless smoking is also a leading cause of fire. And smoke alarms and smolder-resistant bedding and upholstered furniture are big, big fire deterrents. You might want to think about that. Smolder-resistant bedding. Okay, arson is the second leading cause of residential fires. Now, you know, I originally thought that arson was probably the leading cause. And the more I started researching this topic and, and the more I started talking to some of my customers, I sell to people who are fire security experts. Some of our products fit very well into the uh, fire residential fire protection industry. And a lot of them tell me that arson is not number one. Human carelessness is number one. Arson is number two. That's residentially. Now, in commercial fires, arson is number one. 
and arson is the major cause of death and injuries uh, in commercial fires. Heating is number three. It's the third largest cause of residential fires. Heating fires are a large problem in single-family homes uh, more so than they are in apartments. And the reason being is because in, in homes, unlike apartments, in homes, most of the heating systems in single-family homes are not very professionally maintained. Carelessness. And again, that's why I get back to uh, carelessness by human beings, number one cause of fire. So make sure you're maintaining your heating system. Okay, where do fires occur? Uh, let me give you some statistics that are interesting about where fires start. Let's talk about single-family homes first. Okay, in single-family homes, 25% start in the kitchen. Yes, the kitchen is the leading location in homes where fires start. The bedroom is number two, 13%. Living room is third, chimney is fourth, and the laundry room is fifth. Now, apartment fires, the, st the stats are even more interesting. 48% start in the kitchen versus only 25% in single-family homes. The bedroom third is number two, the living room is number three, the laundry area is number four, and the bathroom is number five. Almost pretty much the same as single-family homes, but you got to remember something, that the kitchens are the leading cause of apartment fires. Now, I also want to cover who's at risk in a fire, and then I'm going to get into some fire safety tips. First of all, the people most at risk are senior citizens. Senior citizens age 65 and older uh, are some of the most at risk because their lack of mobility and unfortunately a lot of senior citizens' homes, for some reason, I don't know why, but they're not, their homes are not adequately protected against fire. Folks, if you have a senior citizen, if you have a, a parent or a grandparent that is a senior citizen, do them a favor. Please make sure that their home is protected adequately against fire. Also, kids under the age of five are some of the greatest risk for fire deaths. The, the, the death risk among seniors over 65 is more than double those under 65. Once people are over 75, the, the risk of death is tripled. Okay? And another statistic you might not realize about those who are at risk is men die or are injured in fires almost twice as often as women and and one of the reasons for that is men try to do too much all right men a lot of men die in home fires because they're trying to do too much guys what you need to be focused on is helping your family get out of the house okay that's more important than trying to put the fire out and this is one of the reasons why men die more than women Okay, so let's not forget the people who are at risk. Everyone is at risk for fire, but let's not forget the people who are more at risk than anybody else. Okay, so think about that. The natural disasters don't happen near as often as fires. Now, let's talk about some general fire safety tips. First of all, keep matches and lighters locked up and away from kids. I know this might sound common sense, but you'd be amazed how many people are not teaching their kids that fire's not a toy. Okay, if an appliance starts to smoke or has an, a funny smell, unplug it immediately, get it fixed. Don't leave them plugged in. Replace any frayed, stiff, or cracked electrical cords. Those are a danger. Don't tamper with fuse boxes. All right, or don't, uh, don't improperly use 
a fuse. Don't use pennies as fuse replacements. I've seen that. Bad move. Bad move. Uh, if you're using portable space heaters, again, this applies more in the wintertime. Uh, but there are some of you that might still live in climates where maybe uh, you might still be using that those a little bit time, a little bit during this time of the year. Keep all the combustible materials, like the bedding and the clothes and the curtains, at least three to five feet away from space heaters. Never smoke in bed, those of you who are smokers, or if you're sleepy and uh, and th- things like that. Don't don't empty ashtrays in the garbage can unless you know for sure that all the cigarettes are cold. But it's just a good idea. Don't don't, don't do. I've seen people do that. I've actually seen people empty ashtrays in garbage cans. Please don't do that. Now the next one I want to talk about is 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 near and dear to my heart. Install smoke detectors. I have seven smoke detectors in my house. Is it overkill? Oh, maybe. I don't care. To me, you can't over be overkill on smoke detectors because again, fire, fire takes all, and fire is fast. You should have at least one smoke detector on every floor of your house, at least one, including the kitchen and every bedroom, in the kitchen and outside of every bedroom. So again, that probably means you're going to have more than than one on every floor. Okay, uh, a good rule of thumb: if you got three bedrooms, have at least one smoke detector outside of each of the three bedrooms, and then have another one uh, in your kitchen, and probably another one, I would say, in the laundry room area. That's five if you have a three-bedroom house. Three-bedroom house, and I'd say that's probably pretty good. Now, I have a couple smoke detectors strategically placed in hallways. I am a big, big fan of monitored smoke detectors. If you have a security system in your house, install monitored smoke detectors. I'm going to tell you why. If you're gone, who's going to call the fire department? Okay. If you're if you if a fire starts when you're away from home, who's going to call the fire department? Even if you are home, okay. If you have monitored smoke detectors, all you got to do is worry about getting out of the house. And you know what? There's a lot of stories about people who die in a fire because they're trying to call the fire department. A monitored smoke detector is going to do that for you. The monitoring center who is providing the monitoring for your burglar alarm is also going to call the fire department for you. Most of the time, monitored smoke detectors are of better quality. I use monitored smoke detectors. I use very high-quality photoelectric smoke detectors that my company makes. Um, If some of you are interested, send me a private email. I'll tell you how to get them. But this podcast is not meant to sell my smoke detectors. I'm just trying to tell you, get smoke detectors of some kind, preferably the monitored kind. Photoelectric are good enough, good quality photoelectric smoke detectors, all you need. And rule of thumb, if you have a three-bedroom house, put in five, maybe six smoke detectors. Test them regularly. Um, Set up a routine where you change your batteries. I like to change my batteries at least once every three months. Okay, Uh, that's maybe that's overkill too, but I don't care. All right, keep your smoke detectors clean. Keep the dust and cobwebs out of them. Uh, Some people neglect them so bad, there's all kinds of dust and cobwebs built up in it. That's going to reduce the effectiveness of your smoke detector. Okay, let me talk about fire extinguishers. You should have a fire extinguisher for every floor of your house as well. Okay, I got two in my house. One upstairs, one downstairs. Learn how to operate your fire extinguisher before a fire occurs. Read the manual. Uh, if if you get a chance, uh, practice it. But a lot of people just need to make sure that you understand how it operates and, uh, and, and go through that whole scenario in your mind several times. Have an escape plan drawn out for your house as well. Have an escape plan drawn out with at least two exits. 
if possible, at least two exits. Remember, it's probably going to be pitch black and people are going to be disoriented in your house. And even though you think you know your house well, all right, do drills with your family. Make sure that everybody knows how to get out. Make sure all family members know what to do in case of a fire. And uh, In a few minutes, I'm going to get to some things that you can do with a 60-second plan. Okay, Practice monthly fire, fire drills. Designate a meeting place outside of your home. Keep low in the smoke. The, the gases up high, as I mentioned, are hot enough to kill you. Okay, uh, For bedrooms that are on the upper levels of the home, like in my house, uh, purchase easy-to-use escape ladders. That's another good idea. Also, sleep with your bedroom door closed. Okay, This helps keep the heat and the smoke out of your bedroom. If a door feels hot, obviously, don't open it. Uh, never leave your cooking unattended. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, unattended cooking, one of the, it's the leading cause of residential home fires. Never leave your home with, with your clothes dryer running and make sure that it's vented properly. Don't overload electrical sockets. Uh, don't use light bulbs that have higher watts than, is what, than, than the watts that's recommended for the fixture. Tempting to do that, but don't do that. Okay, and if you have a breaker that keeps on tripping or a fuse that keeps on blowing in your house, um, contact an electrician and or reduce the number of appliances running on that circuit. Make sure that all equipment, make sure all electrical equipment you buy, I'm a big believer in what I'm about to tell you, make sure that all electrical equipment that you use bears the UL label. Make sure that it's listed by Underwriters Laboratories. That's a small thing, but it's huge. Okay, so I wanted to share those fire safety tips with you. Now, let's talk about your 60-second plan. One of our forum members referred me to an excellent website, theplacewithnoname.com, theplacewithnoname.com. Very, very, very good. The author of that website has some very good stuff on there. I'll put a link in today's show notes so you can take a look at that. But one of the things that's talked about on this website is your 60-second plan. Okay, there's six steps to the 60-second plan. Of, of safety if there's a home fire. It shouldn't take you more than 10 seconds to perform each of these six steps, and that's why he says 60 seconds. Okay, so let's talk about it. Number one, sound the alarm. Uh, and, and, he, and he means just that. If you're home alone, then, then you can skip sounding the alarm, okay? But if there's other people in the house, then you need to sound the alarm, okay? And if you have good smoke detectors, they may sound the alarm for you, of course. If you actually have a fire security system in your home, I've seen people who do, there's your alarm. Okay? Uh, maybe another human being sounds the alarm. That's the first step. Number two is communicate. Okay? Communicate. Say things like fire, fire, get out, get out. Fire, fire, get out, get out. Out. When you communicate, it's it's important to tell your kids that there's a fire going on, but you have to reiterate what is it you want them to do. Get out. Okay? Tell them the action. If there's a tornado coming, for example, let's shift to weather for a minute. You might want to shout, tornado, get in the cellar. Tornado, get in the cellar. Okay? Earthquake, get out. Okay? BATF is at the door. Hide the guns. No, I'm just kidding. But, get you know... Sound the alarm and then give them an action. 
Okay, and and speaking of that, the third is is is, is children in danger. Uh, if you have children, it's you have to very clearly understand the responsibility of involving your kids in getting out and handling the emergency. Okay, you should have a regular emergency escape plan centered around your 60-second plan and practice it four times a year. Okay, once the chi- once the kids are old enough, they should be able to uh, understand this and uh, and escape the house on their own. But just don't assume it. So make sure that you've got an escape plan uh, set up that pretty much only takes ten people ten seconds to understand what it is that they have to do. I, I didn't say ten seconds to escape, but ten seconds to understand what it is that they have to do. Step four: decide if you can safely retrieve your bug out bag. Okay, and, and you should be able to decide that within 10, 10 seconds. Know if you can get to your bug out bag. If your bedroom is engulfed in flames and gas, all right, then getting your bug out plan might or getting your bug out bag in hand might not work out. Don't lose your life because you're trying to get to your bug out bag. If you keep it close enough to where you can and you can get to it within 10 seconds, then great. Okay, and a couple things that I want to mention uh, about that, about the bug out bag, the bug out bag mantra. First of all, uh, get the bag, make sure you've done your homework, and I would strongly suggest that you do keep it uh, within easy reach so you can get to it within 10 seconds, or at least keep some kind of a fire emergency bag. You know, I know a lot of us who listen to this show, we have different types of bags. Maybe you want to just dedicate a small bag to uh, calling it your fire emergency bag. Uh, Assets. Make sure you make sure you got some some assets in there. All right. Make sure you got some wealth in there. If you've got some very very sentimental items that you can grab in ten seconds, put them in that bag. And if you want to keep some cash in there so that you've got some money in case your house completely burns down, that might not be a bad idea either. I wouldn't suggest a huge amount of money, but a little bit of cash wouldn't hurt. Uh, and, you know, if, if you can keep a spare uh, a gun and spare knives and things like that in your fire emergency bag, not a bad idea either. If you don't like guns, then, you know, just, just keep whatever types of, of, of emergency items that you feel you need in there. Knives, multi-tools things like that and I'm sure you can get pretty creative with you know what to keep into your emergency your fire emergency bag if you're creating that if you're just going to use your main bug out bag and that's within uh, reaching distance like I said and you can get to that in 10 or 15 seconds then fine just uh, just stick with that okay and the and the sixth step that he talks about on the website is escaping Okay. Depending on your home, there's going to be various means of escaping. Perhaps out the front door, the back door, or a window. If you live in an apartment building or a condo, there might be various exits. You should know. If you live in an apartment, by the way, you should know easily where all the exits are. Okay, Run drills on your own. Know how many steps it takes you to get to the exit. Again, the building could be engulfed in smoke and gas and you could be disoriented. If you've memorized how many steps it takes for you to get from your door to the exit, that's a good idea. Okay, If you live uh, uh, in a home, you should know uh, also how many steps does it take to get to the nearest window from your bed. Okay, Whatever your escape plan is in your home, uh, one of the suggestions he made, and I really like this, is make sure you have your escape plan written out written out neatly and have a family meeting give everybody a copy of the plan kids included 
and go over that plan, make sure everybody clearly understands it, and make sure that they are clearly on board with it, and practice, practice, practice. You've heard it said very uh, quite often, and people on our forum have posted this. Survival is not a kit. Survival is having a plan. And why have a plan? Because the plan makes you think, and thinking is what saves lives. It forces you to have your act together. It gets you and your family communicating. And when the stink hits the fan, you will do what you have practiced. It becomes part of the memory and part of your routine. And if you haven't practiced, then you could be in a world of hurt. Okay? And one of the other benefits that you might find that comes out of this in practicing your fire escape plan is it might help you arrange your living space in a strategic way that may help you get out of your house if the stink hits the fan in, form, in the form of a house fire. Okay? Another purpose of making your plan is it helps you figure out what you might need and what you might want when a house fire occurs. And it also helps you plan for unseen uh, circumstances that come from the fire. Things like a medical emergency. Okay, uh, Maybe your wife faints, your kid breaks a leg trying to get out of the house. Okay, Things like this, by having a certain type of a plan, this is what's going to help you survive in case the stink hits the fan. So uh, I'm going to bring this show to a close in a little bit here, but I hope that I have, first of all, reminded you of about of the statistics of a house fire and how this is truly a disaster that we have to prepare for some of you may have some other ideas on what to do in a house fire some of you could be experts of it uh, in that subject if you are i'd like to hear from you there's as always there's a comments page uh, on the blog where i post the podcasts uh, there's also our forum jump on that and uh, and let's talk about it i'm going to go ahead and start a thread and i'm going to put some of the notes from this podcast on the forum Um, And I'll I'll start a thread on it. So you can definitely uh, get on there and chime in if you want. But again, hopefully I've covered some of the statistics to make you think. And uh, maybe I've given you some thoughts about some fire that maybe you didn't know. And some safety tips and the 60-second plan. Again, let me review the one-minute plan. Number one, sound the alarm. Number two, communicate. Number three, what about the kids? Number four, decide if you can safely retrieve your bug out bag or your fire emergency bag. Okay, remember, have a bug out bag. Step five, follow the mantra of what you should have in a bug out bag. And number six, escape, getting out. Okay, and get those monitored smoke detectors, folks. If you have any questions about that, uh, send me an email. So, I hope this doesn't happen to you. I hope you're not a victim of a house fire. Uh, I never have been, but I am prepared. And it's something that I was taught a long time ago. And, of course, now because I'm in this type of a business, it's something that I take very seriously. And I wanted to make this an episode. I've been doing a lot on threat assessment lately. And you know what? This is a threat. This is a threat assessment that we have to understand and take necessary precautions to prevent. Okay, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring the show to a close. This is Bob Main, and you've listened to episode number 80 of today's survival show, where it is my goal to help you harness the power of choice to live life the way you want to live it and keep safe. Keep safe if there is a house fire. This will strengthen your resolve, and I try to make survival simple, folks, not extreme, and talk about common sense, everyday preparations. And I'll close with this. Teddy Roosevelt said, do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Don't forget to support the show, and I'll catch you next time.